Our learning will be Le'ile Nishma Shalom Ben Lewis, and this is sponsored by his son, and may his, his son and family have much bracha, and may their father have tremendous aliyah. So we are going to discuss the importance of mikvah, even if someone, of course, was older and uh, they don't feel they need to go at this point in their life. We see that, we, that if they didn't go before, they should go. And we'll, we will discuss it and some of the other important, relevant uh, themes that are related. So the theme of mikvah um, and, 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 and nida is mentioned in the Torah, in Sefer Vayikra, in a couple places. And the idea is that any blood that came and was originated from the rechem, which is the uterus, any blood that came from that area would render a woman temeah, would make her impure, like a status of nida, as we call it. Um, and the, the, the regardless of how it happened, at what age, it would not make a difference. And even if she would go to a bath or this or that, that does not remove the status of nida, she still stays as nida. And even if later she doesn't, she doesn't, you know, receive a period anymore, it would not make any difference. If she didn't go to a mikvah, she stays in that status. Now, a couple, to, they're not allowed, to, you know, to be married together, to have, um, to have closeness and the like, if the wife did not go through and went to the mikvah and keeping the laws that it pertain to it, meaning that there is a prohibition involved, which is the isarkaris. It's a very severe prohibition. In, um, in, in the Shulchan Aruch, in the laws of uh, Mikvos, in the very first sif, which is Yordea, uh, Simon Reshalif, Sif Aleph, it says that a woman, she doesn't leave the status of impurity, even if she washed with water and all the water came, she went through different water, it wouldn't make a difference. She, act, she has to actually tovel in a mikvah, immerse in a mikvah, and that mikvah needs to be and that we've discussed, of course, it's, it depends. If it's a rainwater mikvah, it needs to be where the water is stagnant and it was not received in vessels before. Thus, you know, it has to be done with special preparation by experts who know how to prepare one. But that would be, it has to be a certain size of water, 40 sa and the like. And if it would, water, which was a mayan, a wellspring, so that even if the water was flowing, it would be kosher, the ocean is a kosher mikvah, but the point is, is that if the, she didn't immerse in a mikvah, she still stays on a status of iser karis until going to the mikvah. Now, the, there is a discussion, what is the status, let's say a child was born, and the mother didn't keep tart mishpacha, she didn't keep the laws of, uh, of tart mishpacha, of, of family purity, what does that do to a child? So uh, we will see that there is a form of some sort of a begum. There is some form of a blemish. And we will discuss in relation to, in, into relation to what exactly this means and uh, what can be done about it. Okay. So in the Shulchan Aruch, this is in uh, chapter, and this is in Eben Ezer, in the section of Eben Ezer, Simon Dalit, for Sif Yud Gimel 13. So it says over there, what is a mamzer? Now, a mamzer generally, so it says, is a product of a union that is called a riot. A riot are people who are not allowed to get married, either because the Torah says there's capital offense by it or punishment by karet or the like, spiritual being cut off. So anyone who was born from that, for example, certain types of very close relatives or a woman who was still married to another Jewish man, etc. So, so if the child was born from that, 
um, this union it would be there would be a status of mamzer, which is a certain stigma. They can't um, freely marry into the Jewish people uh, without certain scenarios where, but it's, it's, it's a very pro- problematic scenario. Now, there is, and it says the Shulchan there, with the exception of a woman who was nida, that even if she had a child with a man, her husband, let's say, and, and um, even though it's considered karis, it's a very severe um, prohibition, nonetheless, a child born from such a uh, status are not, is not a mamzer, not even on a rabbinic level. In the wording of the Shulchan Aruch, um, even though that the child is, uh, has some sort of a blemish, he is not a mamzer, even on any form, um, rabbinically. So there's no restriction whatsoever for such a child. As long as he's Jewish, he's kosher, he can marry anyone. And Chalkat Mechokik, one of the commentators on the, on the Shulchan Aruch, cites the Marshal, who explains that the child of Anida is permissible to marry even into Kahuna, Cohen's status, which is a very, a very important thing. So, so it's, they're permissible to marry even to Kohanim. Just that there are some, and then the Chalkas quoting the Marshal says that there are some other spiritual blemish, and uh, but it, so that's a side thing. However, it's, there's not an iser on them. They 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 can freely marry. The Beit Shmuel also quotes the Dark Moshe saying that there is some lack of yichus. They're not as meyuchus of some sort of fine lineage. Maybe is lacking, and this and and, and therefore one might want to not marry them. Um. There is a side discussion about, let's say, somebody who did keep Tarat Mishpacha and they forgot. Somehow they, 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 they didn't, they, they made a mistake or something and they, they, they lived together without going to mikvah. So should they, should they wait and to see if she was pregnant from this or not? So there's a discussion. The Taz, this is in... Um, in the laws of Nida in chapter 196 says, oh yeah, probably it's a good idea, they should do it. But the Shach in the Nukudas HaKesef, which generally we follow the view of the Shach, he was more senior, I mean, he was later and he was a greater authority in, according to all Poskim. So he says, no, no, there, there is no new requirement that they have to wait three months or the like. And he holds that ultimately a child from, from this, you know, look, they're kosher, child is still kosher, and uh, they don't need to wait three months to see if she was pregnant from, from this or that. Even though that, of course, according to the Shach, it's, it's, a, it's a bad thing to, if they live together without going to mikvah first, but, but he wouldn't require, he says the child is still kosher. And one need not, now, so then there's a question, if a child was born, should you tell them, oh, well, you know, you, you, you weren't born from Tarat Mishpacha, you know, family purity laws, etc. So, Poskim discuss that, and they say there's no need to say it whatsoever, because first of all, what's it going to help? Secondly, we will see that uh, they have no marriage restrictions regardless. So now, if this was a mamzer case, a case where a child was born from a riot, for example, uh, he was, you know, his mother was married to a Jewish man, and then she had a child from another Jewish man without receiving a get, or her husband was alive. Yeah. So that child has a status of a mamzer. He would need to be informed because he does have certain marriage restrictions. But by a child of Anita, that's not the case. Um, on a side note, with regard to questions that have to do with mamzers, it's a topic of its own, and generally the approach of the postcom is to use every ounce of 
of brain cells to be able to find merit in those cases as well as, as they post can do. So if there would really be a question of that sort, they should really go to a high level betin um, to deal with it, to try to uh, see if indeed that's the case or if they learn merit. And, and generally the cases they do find merit and render them non-mamzer. Okay, regarding that. Now there is a different uh, discussion. So now let's say child wants to get married is and, and, and this child, his parents didn't keep Taurus Mishpacha. Is there, okay, so we brought down certain opinions, say that there's some sort of, maybe a lack of uh, some pagam, a blemish of whatever form. But now the child wants to get married. Is there any, is there, in Chuvas Van Hagas, this is written by Rav Sternbach. He's actually the current Gaivid uh, of the Eidach Haredet in Yushalayim. So he writes, he's close to 100 years old, and he writes that he heard from the mouth, and this is in Shuvas Van Hagas, in volume 1, uh, Simon 7.33. So he writes that he heard from the mouth of the Chazanish that if, when a child learns Torah and does mitzvahs, and doing mitzvahs, learning Torah, they wash away whatever blemish there was from this that their parents didn't keep the laws of Tarat Mishpacha. You literally wash away whatever Pagam there was. And therefore, he even says more than that. He says, if you have a Baal Shuva who you know, to get married, and a family from very pedigree, uh, Yichus, um, you know, is considering the child, they go, well, I don't know, maybe they didn't keep Tarat Mishpacha. Like, he says, what's most important is the characters of the child. Thus, well, in this case, the Shidduch. Therefore, if they are a God-fearing individual, they do Torah and mitzvahs. This is the most important thing. And he says, not everybody will uh, marry a tzaddik of a tzaddik, of a child of a tzaddik of generation after generation. But at the end of the day, we have to look at the child and their merits. And if we see that they have outstanding merits, that is much more important than what someone's grandparents um, you know, did in the past. We have to look at the child right now. Okay? We also find from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, uh, I, I, that learned much merit on, on these cases as well. And also there's from the Moshe Feinstein where he more or less says the same thing. But the Rebbe says something similar to uh, also what Moshe Feinstein said. And this, you can find this letter in Lukuti Sichas, volume 32, page 239, where he writes more or less like this. That children that were born from parents who didn't, were not religious and assumably they didn't keep the laws of family purity of Tarat Mishpacha. He says, first of all, children growing up and Jews that were in America, many of them, you know, the, the, the woman might have went swimming. She could have went swimming maybe in an ocean or in a river or something like that. And it's very possible that, this, now if it was an ocean, an ocean is, is a very kosher mikvah, it's super kosher. So if your whole body went under it and the like, it's very possible that at some way or form, it could have had the status of a kosher mikvah and thus in a kosher immersion. And people, the Rebbe, the Rebbe says, could it, you know, they, they tend to go swimming even in this winter time, you know, depends, you know, different places, places, you know, and the like, where it's not unheard of at all. So now there is a rule, you might ask, there is a, uh, oh. so, so the Rebbe says, certainly one should not, heaven forbid, push away these children from, from marriage and shiduchim, and first of all, they're kosher to marry anyone they want, in kohanim or the like. But one shouldn't look at it like you should say, oh, 
I, I'm concerned, or this or that, if you see in them, particularly if you see in them good uh, midas, similar to what we mentioned by the, the Jews of August, and he says that certainly when we don't even have absolute knowledge as to for sure anything. Now, I will I'll point on the side that, you know, in truth, one of the things that is well known is that, you know, you don't just, so a woman doesn't just go to mikvah. She has to, like, check and make sure that she's certain that she, you know, seven days, clean days, etc., to make sure that she um, can go to mikvah. So, uh, so that the Rebbe is not really addressing in the letter. Obviously, it's, it's understood that it, it's part of the equation. And it seems that at least on some level, there will be maybe a removing of a biblical, biblical level of neither probably removed in that case. But again, this is only learning merit and just, you know, another consideration. But obviously no one would, God forbid, think to be lenient on laws of family purity by not understanding them and the like. Okay. With that, I think it's important to mention, and this is also that let's say a woman didn't go to mikvah, and as I think I started off with this question, uh, should she go years later, you, you know, and she never really had a chance? And the answer is yes, she should go. And I, and I saw a letter from the Rebbe once where he writes that if she goes, even, you know, it'll have a positive effect on her children that were already born. To have extra bracha, extra positive blessings that who doesn't need today? Now, with that, we'll conclude that it's very important um, that uh, let's sometimes people, they get married, and maybe this will be a topic, but someone I'll discuss, a couple that got married, they didn't have an orthodox wedding, and, and uh, they look, they see the ketubah, it was not kosher at all, and the wedding wasn't kosher, and they want to do a new, a new wedding. It's very important that if uh, they're getting married, uh, the rabbi who does the, the, the chuppah, again, out of stringency, before a couple gets married, certainly you have to ensure that they go to mikvah. That's without a question. But even if this was like going, uh, doing a uh, new redo wedding for them because they didn't have a kosher wedding, they have to make sure that it, regardless of what age, that, uh, that the woman goes to mikvah first. So uh, if a person has the ability to mention and bring these points up about the importance of keeping tart mishpachi, even at a later age, what a blessing they will bring to the other, to themselves and to others for a- adding extra tara to Amisro.